Hello, everybody. Welcome to the ISO sessions of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry. I am so thrilled to be welcoming back two very good friends of the show, some of our earliest guests on the podcast as well, which is crazy. Colin Cox and John Phelps from the Hop Ons podcast are back in the saddle again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Whatever man. proverbial <laughs> saddle that is. Guys, welcome welcome back. It's so good to see you all. Thank you for having us. Colin was being nice waiting for me to talk. Perry, can I can I do a thing before we before we start? I have some uh, I have some apologies from our last okay. appearance on your podcast. Um, first, I want to apologize to Rick of House Fame. I said a lot of disparaging <laughs> comments about your real estate empire. So my apologies to Rick House. And this one is actually serious. I am so sorry for all of the awful things I said about wild turkey the last time I was on your podcast. <laughs> and I can actually show you I'm drinking 101 as we're recording. Yay! You do such wonderful things, people at Wild Turkey, whose names I don't know, but I really like your bourbon, and my apologies. I think it's Mr. Turkey, right? Is that the family that owns? It's it's Jimmy and Eddie Turkey. Yeah. The Wild Turkey Distillery. My, my apologies to the Turkey family for all of the spiritual comments. <laughs> That I made the last because I, I think I said I, I don't want to repeat what I said, but I, I, I may have, as I often do, mischaracterized something. So my apologies. On, honestly, it's OK, because so many people have that association with wild turkey as being the shooting whiskey during during college. And then they get scarred by it. And then all they want to do is just curl up in the fetal position and <laughs> would rather drink anything else other than wild turkey. At that point, but it sounds like you have your, it sounds like you have some uh, experience with what you're saying regarding the fetal position and wild turkey. See, personally, I don't, um, but I know of many horror stories from folks who do. Oh, okay, so hmm. I didn't drink for a long time. I think you told. I don't us know if I've this. ever told no, you. No, you, yeah. you, you actually. Yeah. Because I think. I think John and I were were surprised at how young you are, considering how, in all seriousness, <laughs> yeah. considering your depth of knowledge of whiskey, I just assumed you leaned into, I don't know, a slow alcoholism for the better part of 15 years. <laughs> but, but it feels it feels much more rapid during quarantine. I'll say sure. that much. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, didn't I drunk dial you a few weeks ago? Yes, yeah, you did. <laughs> this is a good story for Colin, the podcast. Did you really? Oh, I yes, was, he um, really did. I was listening to <laughs> I was listening to a podcast one night, and this was about three weeks ago. And they were reporting on and and I think in in the subsequent three weeks, we've learned a little more about this study that suggested I believe that two million people in the United States would die from coronavirus. Now, again, right. a lot of additional context has maybe challenged that number, but I was listening to a few people that I really like talk about this, and as I was listening, I became increasingly anxious, so I just started drinking a lot, and then I called Perry at like 12.30, and he answered. It was so late, and, and my phone started ringing, and Lucy looks at me and goes, who is it? And I go, I go it's Colin. And we both had this moment of like, oh, 
we should really answer the phone just in case something could possibly I, be going I, wrong. I love that that would be your emergency person, a person that lives <laughs> fucking eight hours away from us. So I, 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 I tried calling my, my podcast partner, Andrew, and he didn't answer because he was probably asleep. I assumed you were asleep, but for some reason I, I thought... I would have been. For some reason I thought, Perry's definitely awake right now. I can talk to him. Well, but peek behind the scenes, I was about ten to fifteen minutes from being asleep. Oh no, I'm way so to go! And, like I was in, I was in bed, and I was mentally preparing for sleep, and, I, and my phone rings, <laughs> and Colin starts asking me questions about bourbon, and I was like, okay. I'm really awake now. <laughs> Colin, goodness gracious. Yeah, I think I was drinking. It was, uh, no, it was very, it was a welcome surprise. I think I, I was drinking a Y, excuse me, a rye whiskey that night. And, and I had questions I, about it. It doesn't matter. I don't remember either. I just remember I called. <laughs> so. <laughs> this was at the beginning of, of quarantine when things were really starting right. to hit the fan and we were all going, oh, <laughs> this is getting a little bit more serious, but um, I gotta ask you guys because you don't you don't talk about your all's personal lives too much on the show on your show Hop On's podcast. How have you all kind of been dealing with things? Have you have you been holding up as as good as could be expected? So long as my friends answer my twelve thirty drunk dials, I'm not. Sure <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, weirdly enough, I think you know I still am working. Right as of right now, I'm still working two jobs remotely. I have a part-time job where Colin uh, is also employed. We work at the same institution, uh, and so they have given part-time workers pay through maybe the end of this month. I'm not sure yet. They haven't really said so. That's good. Um, uh, my partner, she lost her job sadly, but she uh, has been uh, luckily was able to get unemployment, so she's doing fine. And she's finishing grad school, so. She's been very busy with that. She's got two weeks left till she graduates, so it's a lot. And I'm in school too, so I've been doing that. I've been doing yeah. like if for quarantine. I'm just busy as fuck all the time, and uh, man, I don't, I don't really like it that much. So that's where I'm at right now. My my situation is quite similar because I I teach at the college level, so nothing has changed. Well, everything has changed, but it's not like. We just right. ended the semester, if anything, and I and I say this fully aware that there are some people who would like nothing more than to have a job. I'm working more now than I did before because I had to move all of my classes online. I was not teaching an online class. Now, some of my colleagues right. were already teaching online classes, so sure. they they didn't have nearly as much heavy lifting, so to speak. Perry, the first two weeks after the college announced that we were moving online were two extremely stressful weeks for that reason. Plus, I have a four-year-old, so mm. my my spouse is here. She's wonderful. We both do a lot of that work, but just imagine tending to a person in addition to all of these adjustments <laughs> yeah. that I've had to make to, to and I, I think funny, funnily enough, the hardest part 
the work maybe wouldn't be wouldn't have felt so overwhelming if I had a sense of the schedule like I do now. I spent maybe the first two or three weeks just finding a schedule that actually worked for me because I sure. couldn't wake up yeah. in the morning and work the way I was. I'm I'm back to John knows this. I worked at a video store in the early aughts. John, I'm basically back to that schedule where I'm awake until two <laughs> or three in the morning. Because oh my gosh. god, are you serious, That's John? Yeah, I'm. I'm. But I'm. Who but I'm, are you? Normally, you're like in bed at <laughs> nine forty. Well, wake up at five a.m. That's why he's calling me at midnight thirty. <laughs> yeah, usually, usually that's that's how I how I like to do things. But now I do far more work at night than than before. So so to answer your question, I, I've been extremely busy. I've I've had to. Kind of, kind of force myself into a routine. It almost feels like, hmm. like, kind of just make myself. And and part of that also has to do with the fact that I'm working this this customer service job from home, and I do have to be up before eight a.m. so I can be fairly chipper and <laughs> try to receive calls and and let people know that it's going to be okay and the world is not as on fire as it seems like it is. Um, but. Yeah, I, I have to make sure that I, I go to bed, that I actually eat three good meals a day, mm-hmm. that I take care of myself. I will say the personal hygiene is kind of gone by the wayside <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like, shower today, and I'm just a big trash can right now. And... <laughs> Isn't that what it feels like, though? Yeah, you just, it's like, rough. you know, pig pin from the, from the peanuts? Yeah, the I was about to say, of, the of listeners Mark. can't see this, but you have like a pig pin cloud around you. I do, yeah. <laughs> you're it's gross. It's gross. The reason I, nobody's I, I, coming I hate to myself, this. actually, how bad I am right but but there is a sense of like at, at at some point you're just like yeah I'm resigned to this I accept this oh yeah I woke up and immediately it was like I don't give a fuck about anything today just, <laughs> here's pants I've worn six days in a row throw those on <laughs> I have never been more of a sweatpants man in my entire yeah, life yeah, yeah. It's good than stuff. I am at this moment and I'm I'm I feel like I'm living my best life but I just know. But it's like every choice I make, I, I, I can justify it now because it's quarantine times. Like, <laughs> like Melanie and I have watched have watched like 30 episodes of 90 Day Fiance in a row. And I'm like, that's just because it's quarantine times. Quarant- it's just quarantine I've, I've been, times. I've been calling it quarantine times. Yeah, quarantine times. Oh, I like that. Quarantine times. You can get away with whatever you want during quarantine times. Uh, um, watched a lot of wrestling. That's what I do mostly with my time. <laughs> A whole lot of professional wrestling. That's that's where all my sort of power goes to. Yeah, right your now. your your Twitter feed is definitely evident. It's of just that all fact. wrestling. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have I got my my extremely feminist partner to be a fan of wrestling. So <laughs> I'm doing it right right now. <laughs> well, speaking of watching a lot of stuff at the moment, I full disclosure. Um, and, and part of it is because you guys were moving into the newest, the most recent portion, rather, of Twin Peaks, is that's what you're doing for the Hop Ons podcast now. Um, anybody who maybe didn't listen to the, the Arrested Development portion of uh, your all show and, you know, maybe they're more of a fan of like the Twin Peaks style of TV, um, hop on to that. Huh? Hop on. Look at me. Um, 
Hey! <laughs> trademark, trademark. He said trademark, it. Trademark. He said the title. He did it. <laughs> anyway, um, d- Colin and John have been reviewing uh, and, and discussing Twin Peaks at ad nauseum, which I have really, really enjoyed. Oh, thank I you. I have enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I've it, expressed that to you in the way that I kind of did with uh, with Arrested Development back in the day, um, but the the discussion. Behind Twin Peaks has reinvigorated my love for the show and gotten me hooked right back in. So far as I watched basically the entire series, including Firewalk with me over two weeks. Oh, wow. I recently Holy watched Lord, Firewalk man, that's with That's a me. lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I recently watched it for the first time. We we probably won't talk about it until May, but I, I watched it about two weeks ago. And that's... uh. Hey, I had no idea Donna had such a provocative <laughs> backstory. What a weird addition to her characterization. I know. Is her her story in Firewalk with me. John, have you gotten to watch it yet? No, I have not. Uh, I've had the Criterion for like over a year and I still have not watched it. So soon, soon. I don't, I don't want to spoil too much of what it does as a prequel. Sorry, Lucy just closed a door behind me for some reason. Um, it's a ghost. <laughs> scared me. <It's> <laughs> hey, John, life. you should say hi again like you did last time to a person who's not even in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, callbacks. I that. <laughs> uh, 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 I do want to say really quickly that my love for David Lynch is quickly uh, fleeting as Colin and I will be talking uh, after we record this. We're talking about Mulholland Drive tonight uh, for our Patreon feed. And and holy shit, boy, do I hate a movie <laughs> real wow. bad. I know I didn't uh, respond. You 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 sent me a text and I didn't respond to it. I'm I'm curious to know why, because. I, I think it's maybe the best thing he's ever made in his life. No, that's false. Wow. false. 100% false. Well, I'm not, this is not a provocative statement. Most people, most people think late David Lynch, this is, this is one of the best. I'm confused because it's a we'll, film. It's we'll a, have a long, great discussion about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a noir film, uh, which is what I, which is part of what I don't understand because I know how much it, you like film noir. It's so bad, Colin. Oh, it's goodness. such a bad movie. Oh, not even close, man. And the and the, the only good scene is the scene that has nothing to do with the movie itself. At one point, I was so mad that I, I and like I kept looking at the time to see how much time was left. I did that a lot. It's a rarity I do that in a movie that I am enjoying. <laughs> so this should be a fun conversation you and I get to have later. Although I'm sure by the end of it, you'll have convinced me. Of something uh, that I didn't know that I'll like it because that's what you do. I've been watching a lot of bad movies for my film classes, and this was just like cherry on top for like the shittiest week of movies I've had to watch. So I was thinking maybe the Silencio did it for you. The minute you heard someone say Silencio, <laughs> you thought, no, 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 we're done. I'm done with this. I just saw a person with blue hair say Silencio, and so I'm done. I I, I know it 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 has that kind of pretentious cachet to it. So. It's very pretentious, yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, I've been watching pretentious movies, so, again, I had to watch Kelly Reichardt. You know who that is, Colin, Mm-mm. the filmmaker? 
She made this movie called River of Grass in 94, and it okay. is like – it's like the worst movie I've ever seen. It's this indie garbage schlock stuff that I'm supposed to read a lot into, and I just don't care about it. And then in my other class, I'm like, oh, we have to watch a movie this week called Wendy and Lucy. Guess who directed that? Kelly Reichardt, the woman who directed River of Grass. <laughs> Sorry. It's just some of those descriptors don't really agree with one another. Indie schlock is not really a thing. That's but. what it feels like. But, you know, because in the early 90s, you could make an indie film by putting people in a car and filming it. And they talked about what if I could ever you want to. <laughs> and critics are like, that's good stuff. Perry, I'm that's so sorry. Good. We've we've we just cannibalized your your podcast. So. Oh, no, anyway, no. I love, Perry, I love this I'm, because. I'm, Perry, I'm so sorry. Please continue with whatever you'd like hey, to have you seen about. Perry, I, I, have you seen Tiger? Have you seen Tiger King? Have you watched it yet? Oh, we could talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like, first off, that we went from talking about real, I feel like, highbrow. <laughs> Productive, cin- produced cinema to like Tiger King, which oh. is just redneck well, I mean, as fodder. Far as, like, as far as production goes, though, man, it's good fucking. Oh no, no, no! Production. Don't get me wrong. Tiger King is. is amazing. I love Tiger King to death. Plus, and I would argue on the level of narrative, Tiger King is practically Shakespearean. So. <laughs> No, I agree with you. I do. I love that. I, I have I have yeah. issues with people who are saying that like free Joe Exotic it, because everybody in that show is a piece of garbage, especially Joe Exotic. I mean, it's not like he did anything. What's what's the phrase here? Not wrong. He did plenty of wrong. <laughs> he did terrible things. He did everybody really in that awful show things. Did, except for like Saf and John Rinky. Those are the two people who are kind of okay. Poor Saf. Everybody else has just been oh the worst. I, I can't believe Colin, you watched it actually. Oh, I I, I really liked it. I, I guess the only thing I would say to to maybe not modify what you said, but just add to it is is sure everyone is is awful, but. Everyone, with the exception of Joe Exotic, their motivations are quite clear as well. That's what I think is actually quite compelling about this oh, person. That, that's is, true. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. know. I think you could argue that everyone except Joe Exotic had nefarious purposes, maybe from the beginning. But I think yeah. he's he's almost cast as this... Macbeth figure who the who, tragic who actually the tragic character yeah, yeah yeah I mean there, there there is something there is a fall that he experiences plus again I'm just not really sure why he did any of what he did but for everyone else it's so clear and so transparent yeah it's weird it's bizarre well and it it kind of took me until the that bonus episode that they put out to I think really fully understand Joe Exotic as a person. Hmm. Right? And it it's the old absolute power corrupts absolutely notion. Yeah. Hmm. So you take somebody who might have had some underlying power struggle feelings or desire to be in control, control freak, whatever you want to call it, and then once you put them in the place where they're making 100% of the decisions 100% of the time, then it starts on this downward spiral towards madness, hmm. which is what we what we saw. And not just, I mean, sure, there were the seeds being planted throughout it as he was. Also, I love psychoanalyzing Joe Exotic. This is fantastic. Um, but <laughs> but it, it started in little seeds. I mean, it started with, you know, you saw how easy it was for him to own a tiger, this big, 
powerful animal. Then you saw that there was somebody who was in opposition to uh, what he was doing and the fact that they really didn't have any power over how he was conducting himself. And it just, you know, and, and as he starts introducing other people who kind of encourage him to act in the ways that he had been. And it just leads to this really verbose character, really over the top character. And Joe Exotic is just that. He he feels like a character in a TV show and in many ways he is. Mm-hmm. When you say opposition, are you are you speaking about that woman in Florida? Is that right? Carol Carol Baskins. Yeah, yes. Carol but Baskin. I guess, but I guess the thing is, right, she's she's not actually in opposition to him. They're both ostensibly doing the same thing. She just doesn't True. realize she makes, she, it, she makes it look better. Yeah, right, but I, she also she also present yeah, exactly. She presented herself as being a sanctuary as opposed sure. to a zoo or a farm or I, I can't remember exactly how how Joe classified yeah, his, his all of that place falls of business. Apart. Yeah, but all of that falls apart when you when you realize that whatever it is she owns is privately owned and, and the 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 umbrella that catches all of them is the idea that people can privately own these animals, which, which that's what, that's what tethers them all together. And, and within it, and, and, in in that way, it almost feels like the way different religious denominations split from one another, right? It's, we all Mm. basically believe the same thing, but we disagree on the particulars because, because they're all basically committing the same sin, which is we're, we're, we're exerting our private will over these animals that should not be private property. So... I feel I feel like I was just witness to a, a mind blowing moment that would have happened on the po- on the Hop Ons podcast. It that, happens a lot, man. It happens it all the time. <laughs> I, I and I do love we're we're, you know, we're we're getting off on another tangent, but I do love listening to Colin explain a scene to you that you didn't like, John, and then converting you to being a believer that's always one of my I think, favorite I think that's like his favorite show. thing to do <laughs> that's that's I, I I don't no I I don't know if I enjoy it I what I what I enjoy is just talking seriously about things I think there's there's far too little of that and and taking something seriously and, and John there's something to be said about you actually actually championing this show because I think I wanted to do something else, but all, all you talked about was how we have to do twin peaks. So I don't yeah, think, I think you, you wanted to do like 30 rock maybe or parks and rec. It was, a, it was yeah, like the big push. bad decision. That would have been awful. I'm so glad we didn't do that. Um, my, <laughs> my those shows, about, is it, both of those shows would have taken you all so long to get through. Yeah, you're right. right. The, the next one's going to take a long time because we're doing 24. I'm, I'm doing that right now. No, I'm not doing this. I'm not. I'm I've not already. Doing I've this. already locked it in. So we're going to be talking. I'm about not 24. doing this until you read this. It's going to be really, really good, man. Until you read this book, I want you to read about about biopolitics and torture. I'm not doing 24. So. <laughs> and what did what did you want to call it? The Bauer Boys? Oh, stop it. <laughs> did i i think i mentioned this before when i was in grad school i created a 24 drinking game which was one of my favorite things yes. to do so yeah no i yes, i did. do have a i have a perverse excuse me i have a perverse affection for 24 it's it's just it's just the schlockiest show man it's so silly but perry returning to twin peaks i know you've seen season three it's 
pretty unbelievable, right? Oh, it's insane. It's insane. And, and like, I, I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to talk about the return without spoiling major moments in it. But whatever you think you're getting into with this season of television, you're wrong. I mean, just just straight up, there is there are twists and turns in this show, and there are so many minute details that that you have to watch multiple times. I mean, like even still, you know, I've probably watched The Return four or five times hmm. all the way through, and even still, I'm I'm finding moments that now make more sense to me than they did on the third and fourth. Rewatch. Hmm. There is there is one episode in particular where I <laughs> the first time I watched it, I went, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Why would anybody make that? <laughs> and and the, you you will know exactly which episode it is. Se- seems to pretty much be a David Lynch. Yeah, thing. It can't, it my can't, assumption no, it, is <laughs> it's got to be that episode eight's the episode everybody talks about. That's the uh, I haven't that's seen the it. episode. But it's the one that involves – I know it involves the A-bomb. I know it involves a bunch of testing in the 40s. I know I know the basics of it, but that's the episode people say is like high – the high mark of the season. Mark, so Mark, to hear you say that makes me think I definitely will dislike that fucking episode. It, and it, it, it really is because you, you just – you just don't know what's going on. And, and honestly, if you're looking at the return in a grander picture – you are left with more questions than you are answers. I, I, I mean, I, weirdly enough, like uh, hearing you say that doesn't. I mean, it's a fucking David Lynch. He's he's yeah, absolutely. He he made a movie where he talks to a monkey for fucking twenty <laughs> minutes, and and Colin thinks it's the greatest. It's so good film that's come out since like Schindler's List. Schindler's <laughs> List and What Did Jack Do are sort of oh, the same. Oh, Schindler's <laughs> List, man. That's such a bad movie. But no, What Did Jack Do? That's that's cinematic gold, my friend. No, I I listen. I, I some of this I I'm I'm posturing, of course, but I but I think my my point about What Did Jack Do is is David Lynch persuasively allowed me to empathize with a monkey and i think that's that's that's, i mean that's i think that's that's the point that's all i that's all i can tell you so i think i think like to say the phrase whatever you think it is is going to be different when it comes to lynch you're right because yeah i have no idea what he's going to do uh ever i would love to take this man's master class that he's offering right now on how to make films can you imagine oh my gosh (laughs) he would spend so long talking about like the buttons on the camera and and what k- kind of food to have on set to make the actors <laughs> feel <laughs> certain ways. That's what he would do. Now, uh, see, he's, what he's... you want to do <laughs> is every day you wake up and you look in the mirror and you say, but, self. But... <laughs> <laughs> but what's bizarre is like he's he's so good at filming horror and I wish he would make like a straight horror film. So badly because he's so fucking good at it. I mean, in Mulholland Drive, which we'll talk about later, the scene in the diner is like the mm-hmm. one of the scariest fucking things I have ever seen. That guy has acted perfectly. The The dialogue's really good. The camera works really good. And he's good at filming that stuff. But then other times I'm like, what have what have you been smoking or eating or <laughs> drinking to sort of come up with these ideas? 
David Lynch. Okay, so here's here's quickly what I'll say about Mulholland Drive. So if you if you accept the premise, and I think you should, that our our lived reality is structured by fantasy. The whole film makes sense at that point because all we're seeing until until we return to that apartment with maybe 20 minutes left in the film, all we're seeing is Betty's fantasy at that point. That's all we're seeing. We're just seeing this elongated fantasy. And and that's that's what the movie tries to understand is why and to what degree is fantasy important as it relates to our lived experience. So that is very interesting because I feel like the what? <laughs> no, John just made the... I don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter. That, that f- I, I have plenty of arguments that we'll talk about later. Sure. Because no, that's fine. But matter. but that feels like. Can I? What happens if I do these emojis? Does that do stuff? I honestly don't know. Oh, I did, I put a thumbs up above my face. I didn't see that. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm using Skype's weird. <laughs> it's very strange. How do you get rid of it? Oh, it's gone now. Okay, it should be gone. Uh, anyway, anyway sorry, what, what were we talking? No, but but that sounds really interesting because it feels like that's in. Oh, there there's the thumbs up. Okay, now I saw. Yeah, there's it. the thumbs up. That was weird. It just came up. <laughs> I feel like a, I feel like a grandpa trying to learn. Now what's this do? You, what's the skip? You're on your full. What the skip do? You're on your full sized iPad. You got to be like all the way leaned in. Can you guys? How you guys doing there? No, granddad, granddad, back up. You got to back up. We can't I'll send see you all the link to the SNL sketch where they do uh, where they do a group the Skype Zoom meeting. Yeah, so it's good. a Zoom. It was meeting. so good. I, have so you seen good. that, Barry? I God have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's weirdly enough. ETSU uh, next week, they bring out they brought in three of the SNL people to do like Zoom, like comedy specials for really ETSU students. So, really, Mikey Day, Mikey Day, and Keenan Thompson. Oh. And I can't remember the other person are going to be doing like live shows for us. That's pretty cool. And where 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 we are? That's East Tennessee State University. East Tennessee State. Yeah. Go Bucks. So. Sure. Um, <clears throat> So, so you can. That means you can maybe send me a Zoom link so that I can sit in on that and not. Pret- I'm not going to send you a Zoom link. I just have, have an ETSU uh, email address first. I'm just so you're John, out here. John. Oh my God. I'm just kidding. I mean, I would send it to you. I don't care. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, you enroll, people take enough of my. You should money. enroll online, Perry, for a class <laughs> for, just so for three can. days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then go. I'm out. I don't want to do this. Look, I did seven years of undergrad. I'm not doing a day more. <laughs> Understandable, dude. I will have seven years under my belt when I'm done. Uh, oh my god. I. Uh, oh god. I don't know why I did this. I don't know why I listened to my gut and said, "Go back to school. You'll enjoy it." Because. That was a big mistake. That one was. You you do enjoy it, okay? You, you I do. enjoy aspects of it, sure. Sure, but not not sure. There are there are some aspects that are cumbersome, but you certainly enjoy this more than you enjoyed what you did before. John, you I let, let me you uh, hated what you were doing before. Right? No, you're right. Thank you're you. Not wrong. I did. Yeah. I hated what I was doing, yeah. Um however, I will say this. There's a motorcycle going by. I heard. Thank you. Uh uh as someone, Colin, I I love you and I appreciate you as a friend, uh, more more than a friend, less than a wife, as they would say. Uh, uh, Concubine, how do you, for the best reasons that. possible, I'm sure. <laughs> how do you? Because like 
the people that are teaching my classes, my film classes, they're as old as I am. That's, mm-hmm. that's something that's an interesting thing when you're an older college student. But Colin, like, how do you make a film program? Because you teach film also. Mm. Uh, that is not full of pretentious dog shit. That's something I'd like to ask you. I would say <laughs> the first thing you should do is read the work of Todd McGowan. He's a professor at the University of Vermont. I talk about him a lot. He. That's not to say he he's written he's written a whole book about David Lynch. So that's not to say that he that he can't do that. But a lot of the examples that he uses to make the points he makes, they're examples from popular films. They're not they're not I don't know some French Russian hybrid from nineteen sixty five. But yeah. I but I guess like. I, I think I see your point because you and I have talked about this. I'm I'm developing a syllabus for an intro film course, and I think the the one thing I don't want to do is to is to create the impression that appreciating film means you need to like Jean Luc Godard and only Jean Luc Godard, sure. right? I, I I think part of it is is there's this question of 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 validation. I think for a lot of people that you don't need to do anything to validate Shakespeare, right? But I think for some people, they think you need to do something to validate a class that wants to study film or prestige television, even though you call it prestige television. I think a lot of it is just the assumptions we make about these different mediums. And yeah. and film, film is still, and, and this is, this might sound strange for people to hear, but film is still a relatively new medium. Film, film right. is a, no, film yeah. is a 20th century creation. So, and, and when people think about films, they often think about blockbusters, especially people who, who, were born and have lived after maybe 1970. And, and I think it's just fighting those kinds of impulses, but that's not to say that there aren't interesting things that happen in these smaller, more idiosyncratic areas and genres and movements. But I, but I think, and and you and I have talked about this before, I would save that for like a master's or a PhD class. And when you're just doing, when you're just doing film in a, in a, in an undergraduate context, just talk about good movies, talk about how movies are made, talk about lighting, camera movement, sound, all of that. But yeah, leave all the pretension for later and also put it in a proper context because I think a lot of people don't do that. So I I think it's, no, I agree. I think it's unfair to have conversations in large groups about only the good things though. Right. So if you're only watching movies that are on par with say the Godfather, in, in a film class, you mm-hmm. are really doing people a disservice by not showing them examples of what may might make quote unquote bad film. OK, so hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think at that level, though, like there's a way to teach a film class and still be objective about it. Like Colin was saying, like you could teach a quote unquote bad film, but talk about like the camera movements or what the mise en scene is in a movie. I guess I see what you're saying, but also like, if people, if I had to pay money for someone to teach me about bad movies, <laughs> but there's something but to I, be. I don't know if very, I. But I'm doing that right now with the classes I'm in. But right there's now. something. There's something to be learned from from other people's mistakes. 
right? I mean, people have sure. come yeah. and come and gone and done what they've done so that other people don't have to do what they did in terms of accidents or or mistakes. I mean, and and yeah, it's all it's all very subjective, but I mean, and and, and this is <laughs> This might be a little bit off the mark because there was a movie that came out last year that was on par with its uh, poor ilk. But do you really think that people are are making movies like The Room now that are commanding such attention in terms of what not to do? And I mean, I would argue there's maybe one that came out last year, and that's The Fanatic with... uh, (laughs) No, I mean, there's one bigger than that that came out last year. Cats. The the yeah, I mean, like when you want to talk or, about, or like, do you mean Joker? When you want to talk about like film flops, well, we can get bad. into that. If no, we're not like doing to. that tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Cats is like quintessential. The, it it cost a hundred million to make. It made uh, less than twenty million. That's a flop. The Fanatics is fucking Fred Durst directed that. Barry, <laughs> you're gonna bring the Fanatic to the table from the lead singer of Limp Biscuit? Oh. Wonder can why I say, that movie did so poorly. Can I say one thing about the room though? Because as you were as you were talking, Perry, I was actually thinking about the room because I, I think something else that if you wanted to if you wanted to teach bad movies, I think one way to do that is is to maybe think about how film film is such a self referential medium, which is to say, like Spielberg uses this shot because Coppola uses this shot because right. you could just go back and back and back and back. And sure. so I think you could easily teach a movie like The Room and you could talk about, well, what was he attempting to do? He was clearly trying to do something. This 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 wasn't a movie that was produced out of a vacuum. I think if, for example, you watch <laughs> that love sex scene, he's he's I don't want to, but okay. from Yeah, well, but in all seriousness, he's clearly pivoting from some of those sexy erotic thrillers from the early 90s and the late 80s right like he's trying to maybe maybe appropriate some of those sensibilities so you can talk about i think you could talk about bad films in in those contexts but even movies that i don't know people don't like or don't have high imdb or rotten tomatoes scores that doesn't mean there aren't interesting technical things happening in those movies and you can totally talk about those as well sure and i think that's what i'm kind of getting at is there there is room for conversation not just around what people shouldn't be doing but what can we learn from you know what they might have done right and to, to your point about film being a new medium of course, I'm going to equate it back to bourbon. Well, whiskey culture is a relatively new thing mm-hmm. in not just the United States, but uh, in Europe and even parts of Australia and Japan, especially. But, you know, 50 years ago, people would have been very curious as to why we were having conversations around whiskey. But now there's. There's podcasts about it. There's YouTube shows about it. There are books being written about it ad nauseum. There are um, talks on it and tastings, and people are being considered leaders in the industry, not just because of what they might be making, but the way that they're talking about it, right? And for for every good whiskey, quote-unquote good subjective whiskey, there might be four or five, even ten ones that are not as favorable, 
Right. So I I think that there is that that's what I think I, I, I kind of equate it to the most is while there is subjectivity behind it, there is still room for growth and there is still room for conversation behind experiencing what might be not necessarily the most widely accepted or approved in the field. Um, but just something that might be considered top tier. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's unfair to just have conversations or classes or some kind of discourse where you're only talking about the top shelf level of mm-hmm. the, the individual medium. And I, and I think, Film and bourbon, there are, I don't need to say this, there are obvious differences, but I I think one, I think one, considering what you were just saying, I think one way you can, you can connect them when thinking about maybe producing commentary and criticism, which I think that's what bourbon podcasts try to do, at least your podcast, YouTube videos, et cetera, is, well, if you have a foundation strong enough, then you can identify what doesn't work, for example, about a film. And I think an interesting project would be, okay, so we've watched all of these really good movies. Now I, I want to show you a bad movie and you, I'm assigning you a scene and you need to talk about how you would fix that Mm. scene. And I think you can do the same thing because I've heard you do something similar with bourbon, right? Yeah, it's like, absolutely. Well, this is what it tastes like, but I think it would be better if it if it did this or had this flavor profile too. Yeah, so for sure. I think that's a way of engaging again, as you said, with with something something that's bad or something that could improve, and not just deferring to the best of the best, so to speak. I had to wa- I had to watch Top Gun. <laughs> you said uh, that. <laughs> and you said how much you hated it. So, John, that, no, what that, would you do to fix Top Gun? Your, do what? What would you do to fix Top Gun? Um, I would make. I would. Oh man! Instead of just a lot of instead things, of just Colin. instead of just don't make the movie. Like, what's what's <laughs> one thing that you think would make Top Gun? I mean, an I mean, objectively better like film. We need to start uh, a whole new the, podcast like, that's just called This Is Me Fixing Top Gun, the podcast. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to, like, get rid of all the toxic masculinity because it's, like, so it's so rampant and so uh, embarrassing. The dialogue's bad. Any any scene that's not in the air in a plane is horrendously bad. <laughs> but they played volleyball, John. Do you know how great oh that scene God. with them it, playing it's, volleyball it's is? So, it's so bad. And, like, that that's... And that's an example, though, Perry, of a movie that is objectively not a good movie. Like uh, IMDb scores, Rotten Tomatoes scores, all bad. But it made so much money. And in the context of when it came out, like it's something you have to talk about. Like you have to talk about, you know, the beginning of blockbusters. And that's sort of in that realm Mm -hmm. uh, of those years. But it's a tremendously bad movie. But I understand why it made money. And people still have so much affection for it, too. They do that. There's a second one coming out. Can't oh wait boy. To, can't wait to get first in line. First in line. Day one. <laughs> You've already brought uh, bought the uh, pre-screening tickets for. Yeah. Yeah. Day one. Day one. Day one. I can't wait. So. You see, I would I would teach I would almost teach Top Gun 
and Batman and Robin as examples of unintentional camp. You know, because I think you could learn a sure. lot about camp. Oh, absolutely! By yeah, by watching and and I think actually I think Schumacher intended to do this. It did no, that's in, it's intentional camp. Yeah, Batman and Robin. But is, I, yeah. I but I don't think Top Gun is, which is part of what makes it so enjoyable to watch. Is that it's such a great example of camp. But who 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 directed Top Gun? Produced by Brockheimer, uh, right? Tony Scott, the Scott. I thought you were going to say yeah. Tony Stark, and I was like, "What are you?" Yeah. Tony Stark, early Tony Stark. John Felt, John Felt no, has Tony, gone Tony off Scott, the deep end who, in quarantine. Tony Scott makes really good movies. Uh, uh, he made Man on Fire with Denzel Washington, one of like my favorite. I really like that films. movie. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's he's great, and he obviously knows how to make blockbusters. It made a bunch of money. I think I looked it up, and and. It budget was like less than a hundred million, made close to half a half a billion dollars. So, I mean, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, obviously. But then we had to watch that. We the only the only good thing about this class is tomorrow I get to watch Jurassic Park. So yeah, I'm pretty okay. I'm pretty excited <laughs> about that one. Yeah. Well, have I told you my favorite line from Man on Fire? Is, is it? What? No, please do. It's um, he's about to kill someone near an overpass, and the guy says, "Please, please." Uh, one wish and Denzel Washington says, wish, I wish you had more time. And then he shoots him. I I love that line. I don't know why. So good. Yeah. Well, it's a great line. I I just watched this this week. I know this has become, this is my movie podcast, but, um, I just watched two of what I think might've been the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life Hmm. this week. Parasite and the lighthouse. Both very, very good movies, Perry. I have not seen either. I enjoyed so them sorry. both immensely. The Lighthouse, probably my favorite movie of last year, apart from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those are my two favorite films of last year, I think. I, I was just blown away by both of those movies. And, and somewhat similar reasons, but also fairly different. I mean, structure, structurally, narratively, they are quite different. I mean, there is still a... a a, a twist in the both of them that you kind, you definitely weren't expecting. But at the same time, um, they are just shot and produced, and they're, they're such starkly different movies. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, Parasite's like, uh, uh, Parasite's like a comedy for the first two-thirds, and then... <laughs> It takes like a super sharp turn into like socioeconomic horror there at the yeah. end, uh, which is really good. The Lighthouse is basically like a good a good companion piece of the Lighthouse is The Shining. Yeah. obviously, The Lighthouse is way funnier. Um, and is Robert Eggers, the guy who made that, is so good at creating um, just a sense of atmosphere. He made The yes. Witch, which is also an atmospheric one of the scariest fucking things because of how atmospheric it is. I loved it, man. I, I like films like that. I love original ideas. Uh, like both those movies were fantastic. Colin, have you seen Parasite? Mm-mm. And you haven't. I know you haven't seen the Lighthouse. I haven't watched. I'm. I'm. I, I would like to, but I haven't watched either of those films. I've heard nothing but good things about them. Parasite is streaming on the old Hulu right now. Oh, if really? You have Hulu. I do. I, you could watch that. I. I. I have Hulu. <laughs> so I. You're all grown up. I'm here, so here's proud what I'll of say you. about the I Lighthouse. I liked it so much, I spent money on it twice. Oh, I wow. rented it. You could you could just well, buy it. Well, that's the thing. Is like I, I, I was like, 
I have a really hard time committing to making purchases like that if I'm like unsure whether or not I'm going to love it. Um, oh, but yeah. so I I, I, I rented it. All right. Um, <laughs> I rented it and then I was I, I got through it and I loved it so much. I was like, I have to own this. And so I bought the, the digital copy right after I had purchased a rental copy of it. I can't say enough good things about that movie. Honestly, I for for it to be essentially two actors for an hour, 45 minutes on old school film <laughs> in a black and white setting. Yeah. Shot like uh, not even four by three, like old school silent film pan scan yeah. style. Like the, oh, wow. like the stamp square. It's really cool. It's, yeah, it, it just absolutely blew me away. Robert Pattinson is a phenomenal actor and he feels so real and and that's in and and not that there isn't a realness to willem dafoe in that role but if if you look at them as foils oh my gosh i mean they they you just you feel the slow dip into insanity that robert pattinson experiences throughout that movie Right alongside him. Hey, speaking of insanity with William with Willem Dafoe, have either of you seen Lars von Trier's Antichrist? I have oh, boy, not actually. Why did you watch. have to? Why did you have to bring up that sack of shit? <laughs> that's a tough movie, kids. Of all people to bring up, you got to bring up the fucking worst. I hate this man. His movies are dog shit, Colin, and I'm sorry that you like Dogville. I know it's I one do of like Dogville movies yeah. that you enjoy. Antichrist really like. is is total garbage. It's tough. Melancholia made me want to literally die, so I guess he was doing his job in that <laughs> one, showing how sad everything is. I think Melancholia is interesting. Uh, Nymph- Melancholia is awful. Colin. Nymphomaniac is it's not an awful very movie. Good. Yeah. The man sympathized with Hitler, so that's yeah. who you're liking right now, just so we're clear. Well, let's be clear about something. I I, I appreciate his <laughs> films. I don't necessarily know if I endorse his... edit this to say I appreciate him. <laughs> and listen, don't, don't edit this to make it sound like I said I killed Earl Milford. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of horrible people in the world. I don't need to tell you about how precarious your um, fetishizing of Tom Cruise is. So, Tom Cruise, I I have gone on record saying the man is a complete sociopath. I get it, but he's an infinitely watchable person. He All just right. is. Okay. Th- those are the facts. Okay, Colin. Tom Cruise over his entire career, or Billy Zane in Twin Peaks. <laughs> oh boy, that's a tough one, John. What do you think? Oh man, That's, that is so hard. That Billy Zane. Are you gonna hop from the Zane train to the cruise? The cruise, cruise. cruise. I got, the cruise. The cruise, cruise. Those Mission Impossible movies—they're just apart from number two, which again we've talked about this several times. Number two doesn't exist in the canon of my mind, but oh, he's so good. I gotta go. I'm Tom Cruise all the way. Oh. I don't know. That was a weird. That was a strange. It was. That was very good. Yeah. But I think that's a that's a good uh, uh, quarantine thing. Watch all the Mission Impossible movies. Not number. Well, number two. uh, It's really bad. You know what else people? He's got the long hair. (laughs) There are doves everywhere. 
Remember, somebody shoots a missile and there are sunglasses in it. Do you remember this at the beginning of this movie? Oh no the the uh, the the sunglasses are the are the part of the message that self destructs. Yeah, but he gets the message because oh, the helicopter right. Right. finds him rock climbing and they shoot a missile at him. Okay, here's here's the strange thing. But let's, me in that movie, I was like, "Fuck, yeah, dude, <laughs> I want those sunglasses." Let's 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 talk about this for a second. He's rock climbing completely alone. And he yeah. sees someone in a helicopter point at him and then shoot what appears to be a missile at him. And he just knows, ah, those are sunglasses. That's a bit strange. <laughs> because I would think, oh, no, that's a bomb. There's not enough whiskey in this room to make me <laughs> it's not a. It's not a missile with sweet fucking oakers in it, but that's what he gets. Because that implies that it's happened on multiple occasions because if you watch the movie carefully, <laughs> it cuts back to his face and guys, I know you, you, you can't actually hear this, but he makes this face. He goes... <laughs> Like, oh, no, here it goes again. Oh, they I just, me. They I just wanted me. a vacation, but they're going to... Those stinkers, the IMF. They're going to pull me back in, so, yeah. yeah. Which, again, that implies what that's a, happened on multiple occasions. to take from... that The turn that takes from that movie to, to fucking number three when Philip Seymour Hoffman all but, like, murders his wife, <laughs> and that's a very strange turn of movies. Yeah, it's... it's Both, uh, that one's great. Number two, not so... That's a high. Well, Love John Woo, but no. you know, you know what other what else other people should do during quarantine is also listen to the Big Arms podcast. I don't know if it's going to come back. I, I no! haven't had time. I just haven't had the time, man. I guess uh, there's two weeks left in school, so maybe after that, and when all this other shit settles down, we'll bring back. Because I want to get I want to get Meggers in on it too, and that might that might be a little bit. So we'll see. It barely started. There were three episodes. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop while you're stop while you're ahead. You know, uh, no, there there will be more. I just haven't had the time to really think about it. School sucks, man. I understand. Like That's I said, I, I was I was there say. for seven years. So what's your what's your first degree in? Oh, my first and only degree is graphic design. Let's back the train up a little bit here. You went to undergrad seven years and got the one. Took a little while, huh? Yeah, that'll took, happen. Yeah. Hey, no, no shame. I, I There's took no shame. It took me like maybe five years to do an undergrad degree. So, yeah. It took me four. It took me four on the first one, which I hate. I don't know why I fucking did it. And then this one will be three. So. Yeah, it took it took me the same amount of time to get an undergrad degree that it takes most people to to become a doctor. So <laughs> I think you've said that to me before. Yeah, I think I have as well. But yeah. Listen, so. there's there's and and Perry, but I but in all seriousness, I I teach at a community college and I work with community college students. Thinking that taking seven years is a problem is only because we have this notion that you are to graduate in four years and that's how we do oh, it. Like yeah. if 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 you just acknowledge that that's some ideological injunction and that it's not speaking a kind of truth, then who cares? Seven years, three years, five yeah, absolutely. years? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who gives yeah. a fuck? Yeah, you I know. don't care. I, I thought you had more than one, though. Because you're so no, smart, no, 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 Barry. No. You're such a smart boy. Stop. Stop. I didn't bring you on here to to blow me up or anything. (laughs) I love you, John Fine, Perry. I can't believe how (laughs) dumb you are. (laughs) I don't take I don't take compliments well. 
Like I, I always, I get, I get that really, and not that I'm not anxious anyway, but I get that really like anxiety filled, like, how do I respond to this kind of feeling? You know what I mean? And so do you think I'm not trying to be mean, John, I I apologize. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not that at all. It's just, I, I do, I do as I do and that's it. I'm a, that, was, I'm a, that was a very Popeye uh, answer that you just did. <laughs> I do as I do, and that's all that I do. <laughs> I did eat me spinach today, so. <laughs> Actually, it was it was kale, but that's no. It. But don't don't you think we um we we don't actually teach people how to accept compliments at all. We teach people about how to accept criticism. My God, there are whole books written Absolutely. about how to how to recover from and how to understand criticism. But how often do people talk about how to take a compliment? Because I, I think you're, I think you're totally right. Like, how do you, how do you do that aside from saying, Oh, thank you. I work extremely hard and I'm so happy yeah. that someone acknowledged <laughs> all the work I do. So yeah. And I'm just like you, I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, an incoherent mess trying to, to seem less incoherent. And, and I'm glad that, yes. you know, in the moment when I seemed that way, you, you saw it. So. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's, there, there was, there was something answer, to, to get, you know, meta or inside baseball or whatever. I mean, I, I think that's something that I, latched onto so much when I first started listening to the hop ons podcast is I was like, they, these guys don't feel, they feel like what I'm doing. Hmm. You know, I, I was, I was very grassroots when I was starting the show and then now it's becoming, you know, very listener fueled and supported and everything. And I think that we're both very much in that same boat in, in terms of how we've grown with, with our individual shows. And so I've enjoyed getting to make podcast friends <laughs> with yeah, you guys. Yeah. And it was, it, I, I always expect, I don't expect no's, right? Like I don't expect a no when I reach out to people. I just expect a non-response. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I always feel like there's just not going to be anything that happens or anything that comes from it. And right. so when I, when I sent you guys a message for the first time and I was like, Hey, first off, big fan of the show, big fan of Arrested Development at the time, which is what you guys were reviewing and everything. And, um, I was like, do you, would you guys want to come on my podcast and talk bourbon and Arrested Development? And how quickly you both said yes. I mean, that was it was a very cool moment, I think. Like I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed kind of the, the that immediate gratification of knowing that there's somebody who is willing to come into this space with me under certain pretenses, but ones that were accepting nonetheless. And I've, I listen, of course, to Hop-Ons every episode that comes out and, you know, stay very involved in what you guys do on social media and and everything. And I just think that it's, it's hard, which is nothing to, we do nothing on social media. (laughs) Well, 
well, not not hop ons necessarily, <laughs> but when you when you guys are both on there tweeting about how much you hate the Joker or what's going uh, on, I really world. like I mean, the I, Joker though, which which is well, which I know is strange, yeah. Half of half of you don't half care for you. it, but he is making a face. Look at that face. Look <laughs> at it. So but I still I still feel very connected <clears throat> to you guys after after however long it's been at this point. Mm-hmm. What did I say? A year and a half. Yeah, you know? it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I mean, I I was like genuinely flattered that you would even mm-hmm. want to talk to us. Any anytime someone mentions the show. Or talks about the show, or talks about talks to us on Twitter. It genuinely is one of the most flattering things. I feel I feel the same way. I really do. I love it. I really do. It's like it makes my whole day when Colin Colin will tweet uh, text me and say we got a new review, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> Except for the one, we all know the one, and we won't talk about that anymore. <laughs> Other it than was that, fine. Though, it was. You really- know, we all would have. We all would have forgotten about it if you didn't keep bringing it up, John. That's exactly. That's see what I mean. Like this is this is the psychoanalytic principle we, we that, that by talking should. about it so much, you have you have you know given it far more significance than it actually has. We should we should make merch that just has it on it. Just get like a <laughs> screenshot of the review and put it on it, and just print that as a shirt. That would be just awesome, a man. just a white Hanes T-shirt with <laughs> that's screen printed with that one. <laughs> I wonder if that person still listens to the show. I sincerely doubt it. I, I hope not, truly. But from from what I've discovered, most people who leave negative reviews, they don't follow up. Really? They're gone. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've, I've read some of the reviews that, that you've received, and I think one was about, like, your dad was angry one time, so they're like, one star unsubscribed. And, oh, and do you... Do you Okay, so I'll it's, tell you the story like, about like this. Daddy Ritter upset me. F this podcast. <laughs> so here, here's here's what happened. Um, we gave a very negative review to a, a bourbon from a distillery, and oh. and they listened to it, and then they went and left a very negative review of the podcast on iTunes. And what then this this is no okay this is amazing this is one of my favorite stories to tell about my time with the show So about a month or two later um somebody sent me a screenshot from a, a whiskey group on Facebook where <laughs> this company had commented on somebody's post about their product and they were like we've received gold at, at competitions and we are well-renowned and everything. And they con- some the, the original poster commented back and they were like, I've had it and I'm just not a fan. <laughs> and this distillery just, they just went off. They were like, I can't believe that you would say that. You probably listened to that same podcast that we did with those two giggling fools where they said that they were getting <laughs> flavor notes that aren't even on our on our flavor profile and yada, yada, yada. And like I, I reached out to them and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry that you feel this way. Can we handle this like adults? And for half of the conversation, they didn't. And then for the other half of the conversation, they wound up sending me free whiskey. So, oh, hey, <laughs> wait, was it their whiskey? Yes. Oh, no. Well, that's like clearly. Did you ask if they would buy you some like 
wild turkey or <laughs> can you please put this back i don't want this one in the future oh, if you're sending I don't us want whiskey these. we, we <laughs> really like wild this. turkey at this podcast so <laughs> 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 anyway, so I have a I have a box of whiskey that sits up in the closet that I haven't touched since uh, the first time I got it. You so should put if it I behind wanted... like emergency glass or something, you know, like if if, <laughs> if if the quarantine turns into the purge, it's like this is the only time we drink this whiskey. So, but in, instead of using it to like drink from, I'm actually like glassing somebody with it. You know, it's it's oh. it's a protective measure as opposed to a. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah, boy, that's so. But I mean, that's that's. That's really the same sort of how, thing, how, right? How bizarre is that, though? I mean, well, the, but the, it's, but they like, took it's it so that, personally that they would defame me in that way. And then we got into like a Twitter war <laughs> over I mean, opinions. It's, it's the same. It's the same idea. Like, I won't talk about the review anymore, but well, no, it's this guy like felt the felt the need <laughs> to bring up that it's Colin a had a criticism. stammer. It's a legitimate but that's still criticism. that's still insane though. It's so stupid. No, that's not I, a legitimate criticism. It's I not something that you like can more. have. Well, but no, it but what it is though, because okay, so if 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 the point is that stammer detracts from the listenability of the podcast, and that's something that maybe they should consider because that is something either I can edit out or something I can actively think about as I talk. That's a good thing. It's not you didn't like our whiskey, and you know your dad sucks as well. <laughs> One star. Hashtag this is not my bourbon podcast. You know, it's it's. <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a fundamentally different thing. You know, because it wasn't it wasn't these guys don't agree with how I like Arrested Development. It was. Actually, I like a lot of what they say, but one of these guys has a stammer that makes it hard for me to listen. I'm so glad to receive that kind of criticism. But I think ultimately, like, where, where, okay, where the hate for me comes from, we'll part the kimono a little bit here and get deep in our uh, relationship. When you and I first met, we did a play together. That's a thing. But you had a really bad, you had a very bad stammer then. Yeah. And like, I I would like go through and we would try to, I would try to help Mm -hmm. you come up with ways to fix Mm -hmm. that. That was like a a way you and I bonded. It truly Mm -hmm. was. So that's what pissed me off about it more than anything. Oh, I, 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 I know that. I, I, I know it's, it's more of a almost, but in all seriousness, a protective paternalistic thing. And I, and I totally understand that. And I totally, and, 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 and I think that's really quite sweet, but I, I just on the level of criticism, it doesn't bother me at all. So that's, that's well, I won't it. ever bring it up again, but I hope whoever that person is fucking dead. That's what I think. You just Oof. brought it up again. That's you. You just did the thing you said. You like this is the same principle. Like if he just stopped talking, about it, it wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I really won't. I really won't anymore. All right. Well, on that note, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up this ISO session. Yeah, this has been a long time. I'm so sorry, Perry. I don't know how. No, you're... no, no. I, look, I we we don't all three get the chance to talk very often at the same time. And I mean, it really might have been since I you guys were on the the, the main episode back in June of 2018 that we really did get to talk. But, um, 
all of this was sincerely just to catch up with you guys and make sure that you're doing okay. And, you know, it, it's been a very strange time for all of us. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for, for the both of you and you all know how much I love you guys and how much I love the hop ons podcast and always will. And I look, even if you watch 24 next season, I will, I will listen along to every single episode Lost, confused, but slightly, <laughs> slightly enthusiastic about whatever it is that you have decided to bring into this world creatively. So I did this <laughs> thing at the end of the last episode that I, I want to be, John, I haven't even spoken to you about this, but I'm going to say it now. I, I wanted it to be a kind of Easter egg for where I hope we go moving forward. So clearly you didn't listen to the end of the last episode. Me? No, I didn't. Oh, John, John, yeah. No, I didn't. Did 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 you listen all the way through, Perry, to the thing oh, at I the did. end? I did. I will Do say. Do you have I, any idea what I'm doing right now? Because it's no, I had if, no, I had no idea if, what it if was. I'm, if I'm, this is all. This is just a thing I do to amuse myself, where I create these narratives within our podcast, where we're in a completely separate universe. Yeah, no, it, John, <laughs> Which I love. you just need to I listen it to so the end much. of the last episode. So. Yeah. Okay, I will definitely have to listen to it now to see what you're doing. I, yeah. I had no idea. Thanks for just springing this on me, too, Con. I really <laughs> yeah, appreciate it's it. It's fine. Who cares? Hey, you don't go It'll and listen fine. to every episode of the show that you're already on anyway. <laughs> I know, right? I should. I should. No, you, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I get busy, Colin. That's it's the fine. most. Listen, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's the it's most okay, self-gratifying so, so thing in the entire world. <laughs> So, Perry, here's the, here's the thing I did. I sent John an email, and I said, I need you to record yourself saying these words, and then oh, email yeah, that yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. Well. I just I didn't know what, the, what it was supposed uh, to be referencing, so. Well, I'll, I'll send you a text later and let you Okay, know. great. I don't know. You may not. Yeah. Uh, uh, Perry, thank you for having us on. Yeah, I truly appreciate it. Um, it's... Uh, I'm sorry that Colin is just the worst sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love him very much. I love him like a brother. Uh, uh, yeah, this was great. This was it was nice to catch up, man. We should do this more often. Absolutely, yeah. And and we've been talking forever about trying to get you guys in town too, so we can all hang out at some point and actually drink whiskey together instead of over Skype phone call. And yeah, we'll we'll do that eventually. I've got to get this room converted into a nursery before it <laughs> before I actually can consider. Congratulations, man. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's that's I really wonderful. That. Congratulations, Perry. Thank you. We're we're really, really excited. I am I am losing this room, um, but it's OK because I'm gaining new life. And so <laughs> That's I'm really tired. nice. Yeah. No, I, I'm, t- I, yeah. I'm tired. I've got a I've got a whole live stream I've got to do after this too. So oh no, okay. I'm gonna well, be exhausted. Well, we'll go by well. <laughs> hey, um, guys, once again, thank you all so much for being on. I love you guys so much. Where can people find you on social media, or uh, where can they find the podcasts? Uh, they can find the podcast everywhere except Spotify. Yeah, we uh, we've addressed that. We're on Twitter. <laughs> We're on Twitter at, is it at the Hop-Ons podcast? It's something like that. No, it's just yeah, at I think it's Hop-Ons 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 Pod, I don't know, I don't know that. At Hop-Ons. My Twitter handle is uh, at Marmajana. I also have uh, at Podcast Arms is the Big Arms podcast Twitter handle, which I haven't uh, tweeted in like five years, but I will eventually. 
I also have a YouTube channel called Nice Marmot Productions. I'll be putting a video up there uh, on like Monday. So new video going up soon. Please like and subscribe. That'd be great. Colin, how about you, my dude? Um, I teach English and literature courses at <laughs> Northeast State Community College. If you'd like to enroll, I'd love to have you. You'll have an opportunity to experience the kind of, of brutal, crushing incoherency that you heard in this podcast. But I'm also on Twitter at Colin Ashley Cox. So that's that's it. Uh, yeah, uh, don't 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 tweet at me. I I, I I don't really tweet a lot from my own. Don't I don't care. Don't you you, you you can tweet to the podcast. Don't 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 oh at me. I don't God. I don't care. So. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) jeez. Of course, you guys go and check out the Hop Ons podcast and Big Arms podcast and Cluttered Desk podcast as well. We didn't even talk about Cluttered Desk. Um, But uh, great content all around. Go check out Nice Marmot Productions, of course. Um, Thank you all so much for listening to this week's ISO Sessions. You can follow the show at My Bourbon Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a very nice five-star rate and review on iTunes, which I will read out on the main episodes. Please don't talk about how much I say the word um in between words and sentences. (laughs) Or do now that I've brought it to everybody's attention, if you hadn't noticed already. And then last but not least, you become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can keep the lights on for as little as $5 a month. You get bonus content like episodes and the pregame chats, which come out every week before each episode. So go and check all of that out. Colin and John, thank you guys again for being on the ISO sessions. Great, great chatting with you guys. We'll have to do it again very soon. But until then, I'm Perry and this is my bourbon podcast, ISO sessions. Mm-hmm.